Welcome to the We Go Boldly podcast. I'm Riley Karsh. And I'm Tova Copan. And we're so excited to have you with us on this journey. We are inviting you to the forefront of your own life. We are pushing you to examine your own unique feminine mythology and release the anchors of unreasonable expectations. Tune in as we discuss everything from culture and relationships to careers and advocacy. Let's be bold and brave together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. As always, we are super excited to have you with us today and thrilled to have all of our new listeners and returning listeners. It is uh, the middle of season four. Well, I guess we're towards the back end of season four at this point, and we have been talking about identity this season, and it's been exciting and interesting and thought-provoking, and today we are talking about a topic that both Tova and myself are intimately acquainted with, and uh, and I'm excited to talk about, although a little um, nervous in some ways to discuss for fear I will share too much of my children's personal stories, uh, and they'll get mad at me, but we'll see what happens. So welcome, Tova. I, as always, am excited to talk to you. I talk to you all day, every day, but I'm <laughs> excited to talk to you on the podcast today. How are you? It's raining where we are right now. So how are you on this rainy for us Tuesday? Well, um, if you know me, you know that there are very few things that I love more than a rainy fall day. So I am doing delightfully well, um, because I do really love a rainy, rainy fall day. Um, and I am excited to talk about the topic of parenting and parenthood, partly because I tend to talk about my kids all the time with no awareness of whether I overshare. So I have, I I don't worry about that, but also because when we first set out to have this podcast, um, initially, I think that we thought that it was going to be much more parenthood focused And a lot of the names I'm thinking back to a lot of the names that we listed had the word mom in it and momming and parenting. And then I don't know, it it was almost this conversation, this concept of identity and parenthood and who we are and who we became and who we are apart from our kids and who we are with our kids and what it all means and how we exist at the same time and all of that, that we're like, okay, maybe, maybe we have to sort out ourselves first (laughs) before we can talk about parenting. So now this is the, I want to say this is the 43rd episode of the podcast. And while we certainly have mentioned our children um, at nauseum, perhaps, but um, no, I don't think so. But we've certainly mentioned our children and everyone knows that we're moms. This is the first episode that we've said, okay, now it's time to actually talk about and focusing, focus in on parenthood. Yeah. And it's interesting that we waited this long to have a full episode on parenthood because you're right. When we started out, we initially had the idea that we would be focusing much more on parenthood. And yet for, for me anyway, the concept that we sort of stumbled into, I would say, um, was, was much broader than that. And that is, you know, that we are whole individuals and we're nuanced and we're multi-layered and multifaceted. And so while part of of our identity, and this is what we're going to get into today, is of course moms. Um, we have, you know, several more layers to us than just our motherhood. And so, how do you become a sort of fully formed, wholly independent, fully embodied human being out in the world without addressing all of those layers? And it isn't just one single thing that. Um, needs to be addressed. It's it's all the things. It's a holistic approach, if you will. But today, as we said, we're talking about parenthood and we're talking about identity and how those things all sort of mesh 
together and how it all flows together. And I know for a lot of women, um, particularly, but for certainly for men too, parenthood is an identity in its entirety. It's a whole world. It's a whole massive life transition. And when you go from not parent to parent, however that happens for you, it is a sort of life-changing, earth-shattering, world-making experience. And some people might say, well, it's not that big. It's not that, but I would argue that it is. And you may not even realize that it is when it happens. You may not fully allow your mind and body, heart, soul, however you want to look at, to experience that, that happening to you, but it has happened. Um, and so today we're kind of touching on and it in in this sort of 45 minutes, however, we can get it all in there. It's a this is a big topic. We're touching on what happens when you go from being, you know, an individual in the world to a person responsible for the life of another person, however that happens for you, whether you are a, a you know a woman who births a child or you are an adoptive parent or you know the 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 numerous ways in which one becomes a parent is not really a I, I don't think is relevant to the topic. I think the issue is you're a parent and now you are responsible for the life of another human being on this planet. And that is life changing. So let's talk about how that impacts your identity as an individual when you go from being just yourself to being something else. And what is that something else and how do you cope with it? Well, and I think it's, you know, it's interesting that you said that even if you don't realize that it is a, such a big life-changing, impactful experience, because when you and I first talked about becoming parents, I said, you know, to a certain extent, becoming a mother you know, was exactly what I expected it would be. Like I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I had worked in a daycare and I had been a nanny during law school. And, you know, I, I knew what to expect with kids and I knew how tired parents were. And, and in many ways, those kinds of things, I, I knew at the same time, I had been working a job that I didn't like for a very long time. And yet it wasn't until I had a child that I was willing to say, nope, no more. I'm not staying at a job that I don't like while my kid goes to daycare. I never said I'm going to stay home with my kid because it just, it wasn't a financial option for me, but I said, I'm not, I'm going to make sure I find a job that I like because it's no longer an option for me to have a job I don't like while I'm sending my baby somewhere else. And, and I was very happy where I was sending him. It wasn't that it was just, and so suddenly I was willing to make different decisions about my own personal life. You know, something that I thought of is completely different because I was a mom. And so even though initially I would say, yeah, it was just what I expected. It was exactly what I expected in many ways. In other ways, it did sort of blow everything up and change everything entirely. Yeah. So, and I think that's such a great example for people to hear because, you know, there are, I, I would, I would guess, you know, there are a lot of examples out there of people who become a parent and everything changes and it's like, oh my goodness, I, everything's different. This is a massive shift from, you know, point A to point B. I don't know what I was thinking. How am I going to deal with this? It's overwhelming. You know, all of those sorts of jumbled, chaotic emotions. And it's a big sort of explosion of feelings and thoughts and, and all of that. And then there's, you know, what you were just describing, Toba, which is a slightly different kind of experience of, yep, this is what I thought it would be. Okay. You know, yes, I'm tired. Yes. I'm changing dirty diapers. Yes. It's hard. All these things. Um, and then there's sort of this side entrance of, oh, okay. My priorities have now taken sort of a hard turn and I was not anticipating that would show up in the way that it did. Or, you know, I am now seeing maybe my core values in a clearer light that, 
than I, that I wasn't seeing them before. And so this kind of major life transition hits people in different ways and at different times, you know, they talk about they, people talk about, I don't know who they are, but people talk about grief in stages, right? You talk about grief as in, you know, there's all these different kinds of books you could read about it. There's five stages of grief, seven stages of grief, depending on who you read and who you listen to, but it hits you in phases and it rolls over you. And I, and I think life transitions are similar and certainly becoming a parent is a similar experience. It doesn't hit you all at once. It hits you in small, well, sometimes big, but it hits you in phases, right? You become a parent and even if you're, you know, an adoptive parent of older children, it you you suddenly have a child that you are you are parenting, and it's not going to hit you all at once. It's going to come to you in over time that you are now raising this human to to survive. First of all, right? Like you you've got to keep them alive. Like that's the foundation of the whole process. And if you think about that hard enough, it is scary. Like that is a scary thing that you have to keep this other human alive all the time. And I'm sure there's people out there going, okay, why is that? Like, come on, what's the big deal? But like, that's, that's a biological imperative that can be frightening if you think about it long enough and hard enough, right? Like that's a big deal. And then, you know, as you keep going, these things roll over you. Like, okay, well, but then I also need to raise them to be kind and I need to raise them to like get a job and take care of themselves and know how to do their own laundry. And, you know, there's all these waves of things that come over you and, and then you have to think about, and then I have to let them go. And then I have to, you know, have them walk out of my house every day and walk to school and walk home or whatever the things are, it comes to you in waves. It's not an experience that you have sitting down the day you, you have this child or children and it happens all at once and then it's done. And you're like, Oh, okay. I'm all good. That's it. I'm done. It's, it's a lifetime of an experience of transition. And for anyone who is uncomfortable with change in any way, that is extremely overwhelming and scary and hard. And so if you haven't spent the time looking at that and going, oh, okay, well, this is what's happening. And I need to, you know, maybe pay some attention to that. Then I think you might be, you might be missing out on some things that are happening in your own life and you might be failing to attend to your own needs. Well, and you know, I, so I have, I have three kids and, you know, the, the first was obviously the whirlwind of having the first child. Cause it's like, okay, this is all, you know, this is all new. And, and when I say my life didn't change, like, let's be honest, I I've skied three times in the last 10 years where I used to ski like three times a week. Right. Like I haven't gotten in my whitewater kayak in 10 years, which honestly I can sell it and never get in again. That'd be cool. But I mean, there's, there've been massive changes and a lot of those were grieved. And I sort of say, said goodbye. They were, they were changes that I was prepared for and, and welcomed and, and those kinds of things. Um, you know, but the first kid, it was like, okay, I don't know what's happening. You know, here we go. The second kid was this whole other thing of, okay, now there's two of them. Like what, what are we going to do with like, there's, there's two. And now, now I have to figure out how to keep two things like bathed and, and dressed and alive and fed, and they need different things at different times. And so when I got to the third one, it's given me the opportunity to sort of, you know, kind of enjoy him. Right. Cause I've already figured out how to like do two things at once. So now the third one, I can just like, okay, well, there's just three, but, but what got me is when you're talking about that continual transition and, and the thing with kids I find is that you are celebrating and grieving constantly because you are so excited that they've, they've learned to walk. And yet you've just said goodbye to your sweet little baby that could crawl. And you might be so excited to say goodbye to diapers, right? And and you're so happy that you no longer have diapers in your house. And you're so happy that you don't have to change diapers and you never have to buy another diaper and you are just like good riddance. But then every once in a while, it sneaks into the back of your head and maybe it only happens one time, but maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it's something else for you. 
but some part of parenting, it will sneak in your head and go, that baby's gone. That kindergarten's gone, you know, or, you know, I, I still have two kids that are willing to hold my hand in front of the elementary school. I have one who is not willing to hold my hand in front of the elementary school, right? How long do I have my second grader? You know, how much longer, when is the last time that he will hold my hand in front of the, you know, in front of the school? Um, fortunately my fourth grader is still very willing to snuggle when nobody else is around. Um, but you know, these are all things that you're just, you know, constantly saying goodbye to. And, and I don't really need my senior in high school, holding my hand in front of the high school. He needs to be leaving me. And, and he and I actually just had a conversation about setting boundaries. And we were talking about in the context of him and his friends, but I said, you know, as you get older, you and I are going to be setting boundaries with each other. And, and we should start now we're going to practice boundaries and we already do set some, and we're going to continue to build boundaries so that we still have a healthy relationship as you grow up, because you're going to, you're going to want boundaries with your mom. And, and even though we have a very good relationship so that we continue to have a good relationship, that's, that's something that you're going to want to have with me. And, you know, he's like, never, but, you know, obviously we all know that at some point he will want boundaries with his mom. Uh, but these are, these are things that, like you said, it is just constant transitions. And if you do your job, right, you know, they don't, you know, they go away. I think we should take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, I, let's talk a little bit about what happens to us as individuals during this whole process. So we'll be right back and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Every year, people set goals, resolutions, and plans around the new year. This year, we suggest that you consider something different. This year, we want you to put aside all the things you thought you knew about changing your life. This year, we challenge you to take the time to put yourself and your purpose first. In January, we are reopening our Limitless Life Sisterhood. For 10 weeks, we will work together to open up your heart and mind to your potential. Join our waitlist today by signing up on our website at www.goboldlyinitiative.com. Start this year off supported and in deep sisterhood. Join us today. Now back to the show. Okay. So we're back. And, um, like I said, before the break, we want to talk a little bit, well, or maybe a lot bit, I don't know about, um, what happens to us as, you know, individual human beings with our own lives and our own identities while we're in this sort of process of raising other individuals with their own lives and their own identities. And, um, Arguably, I will say most of us know either ourselves or other people who lose themselves in parenting. And it is, uh, this is not a judgment in any way, because I can certainly say that when I first had my, my daughter, who's my older child, I was so consumed by raising her and trying to be like the best mom, you know, all the time that uh, I completely lost my own way in that process. And talking about boundaries from earlier, Tova, I lost all sense of personal boundaries and it was very unhealthy for me. I'm not meant to be a stay-at-home mom. And again, that's not a, that's not a judgment in any way. I think stay-at-home moms are amazing and wonderful and um, people should do what is right for them and what they can afford to do. But it was not right for me. And I became very unhappy and figuring out that that sort of loss of self identity in the process of mothering was the problem for me, um, was it was a hard thing to figure out and a hard thing to accept because culturally our, we live in a, in a time and in an era that, that is very confusing for mothers. It is uh, very muddled. It's very much we're constantly shown imagery and signals and 
words that make us think, you know, Hey, you're a mom, you're supposed to be able to do it all, have it all and be it all. Oh, by the way, you also need to raise perfect humans who have perfect childhoods, who are the best at everything and win all the awards and are, you know, perfect all the time. Right. Like those are the, those are the messages we receive. Obviously that's not possible. Like you can't, you can't do that. And if you have a group of mom friends or even a friend and you sit and talk with them, you, I'm sure you can have, you know, Tova and I have done this many times. I've had the conversations where you're like, yeah, that's not happening in this house. Like we, I fail routinely and that's, that's normal. That's, that's what human beings do. Um, But when you're a new parent or if you are struggling in any way and trying to sort of navigate that process for the first time or even the third time for however many times and you are struggling with it, it can be really overwhelming and and frustrating and hurtful to try and figure out how to do it in a way that allows you to be who you are, who you really are at, you know, at your core, if, if you can figure that out while also parenting, right. Having those two separate things, having them sort of coincide, but not be so entangled that you can't identify who you are outside of being the parent. And that, that's, it's, it can be really hard to do. It can be really um, confusing and challenging. And I, yeah, I see women particularly struggling with this and um, it's, uh, I, I think it's very overwhelming for people. And especially right now during, <laughs> during COVID times where we're all stuck at home and, you know, your work is so much even, even more so enmeshed with parenting because we're working at home. I mean, I know a lot of people are going back to work now, but not as much. Yeah. And I, I do want to point out, I mean, you know, we are talking about any sort of any stage of parenting that it, you sort of join parenthood. Um, and, but I do just want to highlight that um, we are obviously talking about, I don't want to use the word normal, but if you, if you are um, especially um, if you ever think that your feelings are maybe sort of beyond what we're saying, or even if they're not, we definitely encourage you to, as always, reach out to a therapist and get professional help because it never hurts, first of all, to get professional help. It is never, never a bad thing. Um, and there are always um, always a chance uh, that you could be experiencing, whether it's postpartum depression or just transitions are hard for anybody. So I just do want to throw that, that out there. Um, and I know that I knew that I came from a family that had depression. And so I was on sort of hyper alert for it and sort of told people around me, it's like, please be on hyper alert. And I, I was fortunate, um, that I didn't struggle with it. Um, but that doesn't mean that even when you don't struggle with postpartum depression, that you're not dealing with hormones and transitions and all of those sort of maddening experiences and also just sleep deprivation. And frankly, I would assume that sleep deprivation comes even if you become a parent to a 10 year old, because there's anxiety and stress and the newness of figuring out how to parent a 10 year old. I mean, I think that, you know, I've, I've often thought that to a certain extent, it's almost easier. I would have no idea what to do if someone just gave me a 10 year old and was like, here you go. Good luck. I mean, at least when they're little, you know, they can't talk back. They don't move, you, you know, they, they can't say anything, you know, parenting is hard no matter what stage it is. And so I think that, and like you said, the, the comparison game is particularly strong in the parenting world. And I, and I feel like I might've told this story before, but it was very long time ago. So, you know what, I'm going to tell it again, but I had um, an experience and it was when my son was under, my, my oldest was under a year old and a good friend had just had a baby and I went to visit her. And as far as I could tell her, her baby was like an angel baby. Like he was just a little doll baby and he slept through the night after like three weeks and he ate and he was just like, 
this most amazing little baby. And she was, she really felt like she was struggling and, and she was struggling because she felt like she was struggling. That wasn't mean saying that like, she wasn't struggling. She, she was struggling because she, she felt like she was struggling. She felt like she should be doing so much better. And the reason she thought that was because she was comparing herself to a, a good friend of hers who either was a wonder woman perfect superhero, or just really wasn't shared, like wasn't being honest about her struggles with parenthood. One of the two, and you can guess what I, what I think was happening, but so it it made my friend feel like she was somehow not living up to the way it should be. And so when I kind of sat with her, when her son was taking a nap, because he was an angel baby and uh, said, no, you're doing, you know, awesome. And it is really hard. This is all really hard. Like, even though he's just wonderful, like him going through four outfits a day, cause that's what newborns do is totally normal. Everything you're feeling is normal. Everything that is happening to you is just exactly what's supposed to be happening. Somehow it suddenly gave her permission to be like, Oh, okay, this is hard. And then suddenly it got so much easier for her because she just realized it's hard. It's just hard. And it's hard for everybody. And I think that Um, what makes it extra hard is this expectation that we should all be super parents and that our identity should be wrapped up into being parents. And that somehow if our identities are not wrapped up into being parents, that we are less of somehow. And so, or, or not good enough, or just not not worthy of the title, maybe, when that really cannot be the way that we we judge ourselves. Yeah. So the the thing that I always find really telling is every time I talk to a mom friend or or even a dad friend, to be honest, and they start a sentence with you know, I love my kids, but (laughs) right. And it's like, like we have to apologize for being human and frustrated and struggling. And, you know, I I wish I could erase that. And, And I of course do the same thing because we all feel this sense of, I don't know if it's guilt or shame or embarrassment at acknowledging the frustration of parenting at any age, right? Whether it's your talk, whether you're talking about your young children or teenagers. I mean, I have friends with kids that run from, you know, babies to grown adults and every single one of them says the same sort of thing at the beginning of that set, you know, the beginning of that sentence when they're just really at their wits end with their kids. And, and it's, you know, it's not necessary because of course you love your children. Of of course you do, or you wouldn't even bother being frustrated with them anymore. Right. Like that's the, the love for our children is, is a given and doesn't need to be pre-stated as some sort of, you know, buffer between your, your love and your frustration. It's not one or the other. I think, um, you know, there's this expectation I find in, in our culture, in our society that we have to always, you know, protect them, shield them from the reality that sometimes they just misbehave. And sometimes they do things that are frustrating. And sometimes they say things that are just so outrageous that you, you know, you lose your temper with them, or you get frustrated, or you just need to vent to a friend about how ridiculous they're being. And, that's, that's okay. That's normal. We're all just human trying to like survive the day. Sometimes that's, that's a normal parenting condition. Um, there are other things that maybe aren't so great, right? Like we're not talking about child abuse here. Like we're talking about natural venting of parenting frustrations. Um, but to get back to holding on to your own identity in the whole sort of life cycle of parenthood, which never ends, right? You know, something as, and the, <laughs> the interesting thing about being a parent is that it of course 
makes you reflect back on your own childhood and just how terrible you were to your own parents, um, <laughs> which it certainly makes me do on, uh, on occasion. And, you know, it makes you think about the fact that like my, my mother would say to me all the time, well, I, you know, I'm never going to stop being your mom. You're going to be a grown up, and I'm still going to be your mom. And it's true. You know, she's, she's still here all the time. And it's, I mean, thank, thank goodness. Cause she allows me to do all kinds of things. She helps me with so many things still, but she's never stopped being my mom. She never stops giving me mom advice. She never stops, you know, telling me things where I'm like, Oh, mom, you know, <laughs> it's, and, and I anticipate the same will happen with my kids and it's, and it's wonderful. And it gives me so much hope that in the, you know, 20 years from now, when my kids are older, you know, 20 years older, that we will have that kind of relationship where they'll be, you know, they'll be in my life and we'll be having these same kinds of conversations. And that is the beauty of these kinds of transitions and these kinds of, you know, as we were talking about in the beginning, the, the sort of the, the grieving process of letting go, but also the wonderful opportunity for growth and the relationship that you build over time and the way that it can change and grow and become something new every single day. And as you, as they change and grow and become, you know, older humans and your relationship with them changes, it, it's a beautiful thing to experience. Um, how does it affect your identity? You know, holding on to your own identity through the sort of whirlwind of children is, is hard. And so, you know, I've said that a couple of times. So what do you, so what do you do? How do you kind of deal with that? For me, it was getting back to, you know, what mattered to me as an individual. It was kind of reminding myself, okay, well, what do I like to do for work? What do like, what are my hobbies? You know, it all sounds very basic, right. But really reminding myself to, to actually do self-care and self-care is such a, you know, like a fad word, but it's, it is important to actually take time for self-care and real self-care, whatever that is for you, whether it's like, for me, it it's going back to, you know, my visual art, it's going back to writing, it's going back to reading, it's things of that nature for, for you all. I mean, I, Tova will share for her what it is, but for all of you out there, it's the things that are meaningful for you. If you're a runner, it's getting back to running. If you're, you know, a swimmer, it's swimming. I don't know why I'm thinking of only exercise things. Like apparently <laughs> I need to exercise, but, you know, it's, it's whatever is meaningful to you and actually helps you feel like yourself and not just your parent self, but your, your individual self. Yeah. You know, it's something that I think, um, We'll we'll talk about more also in the next um, in the next episode, but it, it's this concept of sort of like diversifying yourself. <laughs> and and I was reading up when I was actually researching the next episode, um, but it, it makes sense here, right? Like where being a parent, it, you know, it is okay um, if mom or dad or whatever your title is you know, aunt, whatever your title is, is your most, you know, is the most important role of your life. That is okay. Um, but it can't be, it can't be your only, your only title, your only role. And so maybe, maybe your self-care in this context is a job. Like maybe you, you love your job. You, you need to get out of the house. Like in this context, that, that could be diversifying your life, right? Like or it is running or swimming or reading or um, now I'm just repeating everything that you said, <laughs> but, but or having a podcast or, you know, and I think it's also, it's very important to let your kids know. And to, to me, I, I think this is so, so important. And it, I, I read it in a book and it was the author quoting somebody else. So I can't even credit who it was, but it's the concept of this great disservice that you do your children. If you aren't, you know, your true self. And I don't know if they said best, best self or something like that. And, you know, I don't love that 
that kind of concept, but like, if you're not being yourself, if you're not being true to yourself and living your life, because what example are you showing them? If you're not, um, you know, just, just doing the best you can at, at being you. And I get that we are all exhausted sometimes and, and we can get overwhelmed by practices and, and here and there and, and whatever. And, and there are seasons, as we've said, of, of parenthood that can dominate our time. Um, but whether it's even just like your kids know that you're a reader and they know that reading is important, or I'll talk about, I'll talk about what I'm reading with my kids so that they know, they know why I read. And um, I think maybe fingers crossed, my 10 year old is finally getting into reading fiction, which just like gets me all excited. He took his Kindle to bed with him last night. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was going to cry. I was so excited. I tried to play it very cool. I was like, very chill about it. I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I think great. it might be, I think it might be charged. I've just been charging it for like a year, just waiting, but it's, it's cool. Um, but like, you know, but like I've told him, you know, I read because it takes me places when I can't go places, like when I'm at your soccer practice. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I think that I just don't say that part out loud. Um, great, obviously. <laughs> but you know, or, or I'll talk about work and I, I tell them, you know, I'm stressed out today because I have a big presentation and it's important. My job is important and it's not just important because it pays the bills. Yes, that is important. But it's also important because I do something important and I put time and energy and this nonprofit that I work on is important. It's important to me and it's important to other people. Like, I think it is important for our kids to see us as people. And I still know that my kids see me as mom first and I want them to see me as mom first. And I'm going to assume that um, President Obama's kids see him as dad first. And I am 100% sure that is exactly the way he wanted it, you know, he wants it to be. But I think they also see him as, oh yeah, he was also president of the United States. Like, you know, I, I think that it is important that our kids see us as like diverse, like diverse people. <laughs> And, and they see our identities, it is important for us. But the reason I pointed out that it's important for our kids is because it is often hard for us to do things for ourselves. And so I'm saying it this way, in case you're going, yeah, but I just don't have the time because I got to do this and this and this. So you know what, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Like, do you want your kids to grow up and, and you know, be so focused on their kids that they can't do anything else. Probably not. Right. So we need to, we need to be able to have our own identities. And, and it is also so important that we do it because there are all of these transitions. And as we've talked before in episodes, just about transitions, um, the only way that we can make it through these transitions is by having a strong personal identity and a strong sense of self. So why don't we take another quick break? And then, um, when we come back, we can talk about a couple, I mean, we've, we've touched on these a little bit, but we can talk about a couple ways that you can carve out that space for your own identity um, in more detail. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. We launched our podcast with the goal of reaching other people who might be struggling or looking for something more out of life. We've been broadcasting for almost a year and we are proud of where we are today. We have so much more to say and so many more people to reach, and we can't wait to keep growing and learning and talking with all of you. We need your help to keep going. Every episode takes time and money to create, and we would love your support. If you like what we are doing, please support us by joining our Patreon community and becoming a monthly subscriber. Join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly. Now back to the show. 
So we are back. And like I said, before the break, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about what Toba was talking about. And that is sort of how you go about making space for yourself outside of parenthood um, in a way that works for you. And and I, I have to say, I completely agree, Tova, with what you were saying. It's a shocker. Um, <laughs> it doesn't happen every time. Right. Well, most times, but um, it would be less fun if we like fought with each other through the whole episode. That would be like really unpleasant for people. Um, but I do agree that setting yourself up as the example for your kids and I'm just going to say this, especially for young women who are, uh, you know, often in need of role models outside of traditional sort of mainstream culture so that they can see that, you know, women are allowed to have their own personal identity, whatever it is for them. Um, and that that is okay, that we don't have to just be one dimensional things that, you know, culture has dictated to us. So that's my, that's my plug on, (laughs) that's my soapbox on that front, but back to, um, how we carve out space for our own identity. I, one thing that is extremely important in doing all of this is learning how to set boundaries. So we've talked about this at length in multiple episodes. Um, I'm just going to touch on it here. Setting boundaries for yourself is one of the kindest, most healthy things you can do for yourself in your life. If you learn nothing else from us over the last 43 episodes, figuring out how to set personal boundaries around your life, around your energy, around your emotions, around figuring out who you are and who you want to be, um, I, you know, that is really my hope for you. And I, I know I said hearing your own inner voice, but I believe that's part of setting boundaries. I'm just digging a little deeper for you guys on this episode and pushing you on this boundaries concept, because, um, I know it makes people uncomfortable and, um, I know people don't like doing it because setting boundaries often makes other people uncomfortable. And, um, that's hard. That can be, that can be a challenge. But if you could set boundaries around your time and your energy and your emotions so that you carve out space for yourself and who you want to be, you will be a happier, healthier person. And, um, and I say that with personal knowledge that that will make your life better. So you can do that. You can do it by cord cutting meditations. You can use boundary setting meditations. You can um, start doing some tapping And you can use daily mantras or affirmations. Uh, We have a lot of that stuff on our website. Um, If you want to check it out, we have some free stuff for you there that would be helpful for that. But also you can, you know, create some daily rituals that give you regular time alone. This is a sneaky way to set a boundary. So I'm sneaking them in on you and not calling them boundaries. But if you start making daily rituals for yourself, like, you know, if you have a cup of coffee every morning, create like an extra 10 minutes around that cup of coffee, make that your daily morning ritual and give yourself that time alone, that space to just sit and breathe. If you have a, you know, if you have something you do in that 10 minutes, maybe stop doing it and just sit for a little bit and allow yourself time to just sit quietly with yourself. If you can, Tova's looking at me like I'm crazy because she doesn't like to do that. <laughs> I, like to sit, I like to do that. No, I was no, I, I'm I'm saving my thought. I'm just holding on. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, that that 10 minutes of silence and your coffee or your tea or your water or whatever you have will give you time to reflect on your your if you can on your inner voice. If you can't, at least time to maybe clear out some of the noise and distraction in your brain and set yourself, set yourself up for the day. Well, and, and what I was going to add, because, you know, I'm going back to those first weeks of the pandemic when we were stuck at home with our children. And I say that in the most loving way. And, um, and I needed silence. Um, 
I needed quiet. I have, I don't traditionally like silence or quiet. Riley is definitely right in that regard. Um, but I needed to get away from my children. And so I, we, we, um, worked out some, some charts, sort of goal charts for everybody. And, you know, I think my six-year-old at the time had to scream less one of his, um, I'm pretty sure my four-year-old at the time had to bite less or hit less. And one of mine was to take more breaks from my kids. So we all had goals and, you know, I will say that I was, you know, what you're also doing, you're not just taking that break for yourself. Once again, you are modeling good behavior. You are showing your kids that you can still really love them and say, I need 10 minutes. Um, cause I didn't actually write on the form. I am taking a break from my children. I said, I called them timeouts and I would say, mommy needs a timeout. And I also was saying like, timeouts are not a bad thing. They are me taking time to reset myself. I would go in my room. I would read, I would shut the door. They knew like, do not disturb me unless like there was a fire or something. And I would just take some time for myself to kind of recalibrate reset. And then I would come back out and I have since noticed um, that my kids will sometimes do that for themselves. I even noticed um, more recently, one of my kids was really upset about something and he ended up going outside. And of course I went after him and it was a whole thing. And that's a very long story. But once we all settled down, he, once he settled down, he, he kind of went to me and he was like, you told me to, t- you know, when I get upset to go by myself. And I was like, Okay. No, you're right. Now, next time, just don't go outside in the dark, but what, but we're, yeah, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. So, (laughs) you know, I think that, that this is modeling a lot of good behavior. And I would also advocate, I I definitely um, appreciate Riley's pitch for, you know, teaching our daughter's behavior, but I also think this is modeling good behavior for our sons. And I, you know, I remember talking to a friend about the best way I can, you know, teach my children how to support themselves and their, you know, their spouses or partners or friends, whatever they have when they grow up um, to live their lives is to show them how I live my life and just to, um, you know, let them see how there's different ways to live your life and, and, hopefully they will grow up to be men that are able to diversify their own lives and support the people in their lives to do the same thing, whoever those people in their lives are. Um, and so I think a lot of this is, is good for ourselves. And so, but, but I think it's so much of parenting is about modeling behavior and, So we can tell our kids, when you get upset, you need to take a break. Or we can say, actually, before you get upset, go take a break. Or what we can do is before we get upset, we can go take a break. You know, there's lots of, lots of options here. And so I think that everything you just said is, is there to do. And I do really think that setting these boundaries, um, and we don't have to call them boundaries if we don't want to. But setting these boundaries, um, and sometimes boundaries can look like a peaceful coffee in the morning, and sometimes boundaries can look like saying no to your kids, um, which is such an important word and is probably its own episode. <laughs> um, but whatever that boundary looks like, you know, it helps us maintain our own identity, and I think it helps our kids form their own identity, which is just as important. Um, really we all need our own identities. They need theirs as much as we need ours. So do we, I mean, we could talk about this for a very long time. We've given you, I think a bonus episode at this point. Um, (laughs) yes, (laughs) but do we, we we can definitely talk forever about this, but should we Um, move to some, some homework? Yeah, I think we can move to some homework, which also encompasses some of these ways that you can, um, sort of hold on to your identity. I keep saying, hold on. Like you're going to like, you know, like you're going to lose it in a storm, which (laughs) is a little bit what my kids feel like most of the time. So maybe that's why I say that. Um, 
And let me just say, I love my kids, but, um, (laughs) well, I listen, I visual, sometimes I visualize boundaries as like a brick wall. So I know boundaries are supposed to be super kind and everything, but sometimes I'm like, I'm just building a brick wall around me, a fortress with a moat. So you can be holding on tight as the tornado goes around you and I will be building my moat, but we, we really, we do love our kids. We, you know, <laughs> want to put that out there, put, put it out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, so this week homework, um, and this applies whether you're a parent or not, right? Cause there's something, there's always something to be learned. So we're going to suggest that you take some time to consider your, whatever major life transitions that you have experienced and think about what you know, where you've struggled to maintain your sense of self and times where you have felt strong in your identity. So look at both sides of the coin, so to speak, and then take some time to journal on those experiences, you know, and however you want to journal, if you want to, we say this a lot, if you want to do like big, long sentences, that's great. If you want a bullet point, if you want to doodle, however you do it is totally up to you and that's fine. And then reach out to your accountability partner and sort of talk it through with them, see what their experiences are and just share yours and and talk about it. And then our last bit of homework is to add in some daily mantras to your morning routine to help set yourself up for sort of a more open mindset for the day. So as you start out that morning, if you're, you know, if you're considering adding in your 10 minutes of silence with your coffee, you can add in writing down, um, you know, a daily mantra to help set your day up for success every day. And that is our homework for this week. And that is our episode on parenthood. Thank you guys for listening as always reach out to us with any questions, thoughts, ideas that you have. We are here to listen and talk to you. And uh, we will be back next week with more conversations about identity. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We're honored you took the time out of your busy day to listen and grow with us as we strive to build an intentional life filled with purpose, meaning, and courage. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts today to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to We Go Boldly Podcast so you get notified when our next episode is live. How are you creating a purposeful life? What is holding you back? Let us know over on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Go Boldly Together. For more information on the show and how we can work together to create your best and boldest future, visit WeGoBoldlyThePodcast.com today. Stay tuned each week and join us in creating a bold society of limitless women.